That's good. Uh, okay. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, Chris Hughesby here with Brian Jackson. We are here for another weekly interview with one of the top special teams coaches out there in the nation. Uh, this guy, uh, his name is Jay Nunez, if you're not familiar with him already, but I've had the privilege to meet him back when he was a, a special teams assistant with the University of Minnesota. We, knew, we got to know each other quite a bit over those years, uh, talking special teams, recruiting, the ins and outs of kicking, punting, and long snapping. And it's been a privilege of mine to watch him kind of move through the ranks and do some phenomenal things with specialists. So I'm going to let him talk a little bit more about what he's done uh, in, his, in his history of, of a special teams coach. But welcome, Jay, to the 4th Down Experience podcast. Hey, I greatly appreciate you guys having me on here. Um, have listened to, to several. You know, a lot of my friends ha have done this with uh, Coach Tomerdahl and uh, Coach uh, Bankins. Um, uh, so, you know, hadn't worked out over the last couple times, but I'm, I'm glad we got this uh, ironed out here. Uh, I kind of have a crazy story through this whole deal. So, you know, I, uh, I grew up in Oklahoma um, and I played, uh, walked on at a D2 school initially, uh, Pittsburgh State University. Um, uh, ended up being a, um, a center there, um, you know, and played, played ball for my, my five years. Um, GA'd for one season. Um, when I GA'd, uh, the first season was uh, as a line coach. And then um, the second semester ended up being D-tackles. Um, and then uh, that summer, um, you know, I had life figured out. You know, I'm going to be a young O-line coach. Uh, proposed, you know, to my beautiful wife, Ashley. Um, in about two weeks after I proposed, actually, I get a phone call uh, from Jerry Kill um, at Minnesota. Um, and basically, he needed somebody to, to walk around and hang out with him. Then um, it was an unpaid position. Uh, so he, he called and, you know, I was like, hey, I'm in. But I, you know, just got engaged. You know, give me give me a conversation here. Um, he called back a few days later and um, he said, uh, what, what, what's going on? You know, and I said, uh, my wife and I are, are excited. We're in. And I said, Coach, I only have one question for you. And he said, well, what's that? And I said, you know, I'm engaged now and all this, you know, when can I get married? Um, he kind of laughed and he said, let me get back to you. Uh, the, the next morning, uh, Adam Clark, I don't know if you remember him, Chris, uh, our ops guy, uh, him and Coach called back and they said, our spring break starts March, I think it was 9th, is that Friday. Um, and you got to be back at work that Monday. You can get married anytime you want to that week. Um, you know, so coach basically set our wedding date uh, for oh, us, wow. um, March 10th, uh, you know, 2012. So it's pretty, pretty cool uh, story there. Um, but when I got there, you know, Coach Kill was huge in special teams. You know, Minnesota, when we kind of turned that thing around, you know, it was playing defense and special teams and holding field position. Um, so every Monday, you know, he would watch all four phases, um, the main four. Um, and kind of put his thoughts together. So I was there to help take notes and, and learn, you know, basically. Um, but he also, you know, worked with a specialist. Uh, so that was kind of my end with it. You know, that first year, I still thought I was going to be an O-line coach. Um, but just being with him and learning and, um, you know, then you start meeting people, um, you know, ended up doing, um, you know, internship with the Minnesota Vikings, you know, with Coach Prefer and uh, Blair Walsh. I just finished his rookie year that year, and they had just drafted uh, – Jeff Locke, um, and then getting to know people like like you guys and just asking questions um, have kind of turned into uh, not as smart as you guys, but for uh, in the coaching world, 
kind of a specialist guru, um, if, if that makes sense. Um, and then from there, you know, um, you know, I was there for about five seasons um, and we were good. Uh, you know, we just recruited good, uh, you know, had a Big Ten punter of the year, Big Ten kicker of the year, um, you know, had a snapper that started for three seasons, um, then had Jared and, and Dave kind of split the snapping for one. And then Peyton went on to start four years straight as a snapper. Um, so we, we had talent in, in that room. Uh, those guys worked hard and, and loved what they did. Um, and then when Coach Kill stepped down, um, you know, I was an on-the-field coach with a waiver, you know, because he was gone a lot with all his health issues. Um, so I ended up losing that waiver. Um, so I ended up leaving from there, and I went to Southern Illinois University for a season, um, did special teams, um, and then came up here to Eastern, and I've been here for four years. Um, I've worn a lot of hats uh, between recruiting coordinator, uh, tight ends coach, de defensive tackles coach, uh, but I've kept the special teams um, all the way through. Nice. What's it been like uh, being in Ypsilanti and, and talk about Eastern Michigan a little bit? Uh, it's a cool area. You know, I, I grew up, my hometown is about, a, you know, opposite as this, uh, 5,000 people. Uh, you know, I have six pairs of, six pairs of cowboy boots. I uh, worked in grain elevators all summer. Uh, so as far as, you know, just looking around and everything, it's different. Uh, but as far as the type of people, um, you know, it's just blue collar, hardworking people, you know, from the kids that go to school. Uh, you got a lot of kids that aren't trust fund babies. You got people that are working jobs and getting themselves through college as students. And then you just got the blue collar area um, around here. So it's, it's fun, you know, being with people that, you know, show up and work every day and had nothing given for them and have had to earn it all. Um, you know, it just kind of helps reinforce uh, your work ethic, if that makes sense. For sure. And, and, you know, the Mid-American Conference is so competitive. Uh, you know, it was funny because when I went to Ball State back, you know, in the early 2000s, uh, and, you know, I, someone told me, you know, there's three Michigans, there's the Eastern, Western, Central. And I'm like, what? Like, this is not fair. Like, why can't we, you know, then I was like, wait, we have a South Alabama, you know, and there's a North Alabama. So I was like, all right, I, I get it. And then, uh, but I was told like, man, when you, when you go to Eastern, probably going to be in, in the mid to late fall you better be ready to, to kick in those wind conditions so um you know in the midwest uh where you've been at a bunch coach like maybe talk about that with a specialist you know so some of us that are down here in the south where yeah it may be hot but every friday night there's barely any wind uh, maybe talk about that with kickers and punters and even long snappers and how the the weather elements are up there well the, the one thing i'd say is you got to be mentally tough um, you know, everywhere I've been was Minnesota is the worst stadium I've ever, you know, had to kick in, you know, it's how they built the TCF, you know, the scoreboards offset and it swirls and, um, that, that's a hard stadium to kick in, but, you know, I've kicked it. We played Michigan, uh, you know, I've been a lot of places, uh, but the biggest deal is it's the mental toughness. Um, you know, we got a brand new $25 million end zone facility, which has changed the wind a lot since you would have played into it. Um. It's, it's usually just a true south wind now, or you get a true west wind, um, which, which helps a lot because it's not, uh, you know, crazy swirling as much as it, it had been in the past. Gotcha. Um, but for southern guys, you know, I, I would test all those guys. If you, all, if you have dreams of playing in the, in the big leagues, um, you know, you're going to have to go play at Pittsburgh. <laughs> you're going to go have to play at wherever. Um, and, and if you've you lived in a sheltered life in the deep south as far as the weather goes, um, you're going to freak out that first time you get up there and it's 30 degrees and, 
depending on what yard line you're standing on, the wind's going a different direction. Um, so you're getting out of your comfort level and going to a college where you're going to have to get used to that, I, I think, you know, tremendously beneficial. You know, I'm curious, Coach, um, you know, in, in the kicking game, you know, the evaluation camps and things like that, um, you can only test so much. And I think, you know, there's a lot of creativity coming out now because of COVID and, and, and trying to get your name out there and, and all that. But how do you, without maybe giving your secret sauce, how do you, how do you test people on mental toughness? Because obviously, if, as you know, they're coming into an area where weather's kind of going to be a wide range of, of elements. So how do you kind of test or evaluate the mental toughness on a, on a prospect? No, there's a, there's a handful uh, full of things uh, I've done. You know, this year it's hard, but if it's a typical year, you know, you can just sit back and watch a kid. And, you know, if I'm doing a camp here at Eastern Michigan um, and I get to work with them for an hour, I'm going to know about that kid because I'm going to know just his body language. You know, when he misses something, does he kind of pat around for 30 seconds? You know, everybody can, can fake it, you know, for, for the most part for that little window. But if you just really watch a kid and you're really interested, there's going to be little ticks that kind of just tell you what is, what's his personality like? Is he a coddled kid? Is he a kid where it's everybody else's fault? Um, you know, you, you can just watch it and just, you, you can have an idea at least. Um, the other thing I do is, you know, I, I mean, I've been doing specialists now for would have been what 2011 was the first year I got into it. So it's what nine years. Um, I know between kicking and punting, there's some things that I, I'm not going to recruit a kid if he has these couple of bad habits, you know, um, you know, for the punters, the, the whole crazy powerball, right. You know, that's a hard habit to break. I'm a directional punt guy. We're going to go left. We're going to go right. Um, and if I can't see any video other than just all powerball, right, you know, there's a red flag there for me. Um, you got to be able to directional left. Um, you know, just, just for one, you know, example. Um, the other thing I do um, and this is how I've been good. So, you know, everybody that wants to steal this, I guess you can send a check my way. Uh, I call everybody I can who's worked with the kid. And it's very rare that I'll recruit a kid that, you know, Chris Usby's only seen kick once. And that's the only reference I got on the kid. I'm going to call and see Brian. You, okay. You watched this guy kick three times. What was it? I don't care about the, his a balls. Like how was he? I want to know if a kid loves to kick. There's a lot of people that, you know, that, that kick and they don't love to kick, but they love what being a division one kicker brings them. They love walking around the hallway and saying, you know, look at me, I got Eastern Michigan on my chest and I get this free gear and I get this, you know, this many free meals a week. Um, those are the guys that aren't going to be very good. They're going to kind of hang around and eat up a roster spot. You know, I want the, the Pete Mortels, the Ryan Santos, those the Emmett Carpenters, the Jake Julians, the Chad Rylands. Uh, the guys I've had that have been really good, I mean, they love it. And they're going to camps in the summer. They're everything I say, they're, they're, you know, going with them, trying to get better. Uh, but I try to find out before I offer a kid, does he really love to kick? Uh, and if I can't answer that, then I usually don't offer him a spot. I think that's huge. Being able to talk about the cons, you know, things that you're, that turn you off on a guy. And, and I think, that helps us too, because then we can also relay that to the kids too. So, you know, it's just, I love these because we learn so much and um, going on year 10 for you working with specialists. Um, are there certain things personality wise, you know, like yeah, I've heard some coaches say like, that guy's just too quiet, too serious. You know, I want someone that has some, 
a personality and swag to him. Like what, what's it like for you on the personality side or fitting in the room and all that? Um, you know what? I don't get crazy caught up in it. You know, I'm a weird special teams guy. Like I don't, I have no ambition to be an O-line coach. I don't want to be a D coordinator. Like I'm, I mean, hopefully I won't coach one day or a head coach one day, but uh, I'm a special teams guy. Um, so the, the biggest things is, is do they love it? Um, and then I ask my guys, you know, in a normal year, again, it's hard this year, but I get guys on campus and I get them around the, the specials when I'm not there. And I want to make sure they're going to fit in the room. It's hard because with all these specialists, you know, it's, you know, got preferred walk-ons this and everybody says you got to fit in and don't be a weird specialist. Most of them are like just so scared. They don't want to be themselves and say the wrong thing. And, and then all of a sudden coach Nunez never calls again. You like, they're so worked up on that stuff. Um, so I try to break the ice, you know, and I build relationships with the guys. Um, but our room's different. It was like this at Minnesota. You know, it took me probably two or three years to get it like this here. Um, but when we sit there and watch film in our position meeting, uh, you know, you wouldn't know we were all competing for the one punt job and the one field goal job. Um, and I don't put up with negativity. It's my pet peeve in life. I, it's, you know, energy vampires. It just drives me bonkers. Uh, but when we're sitting there watching field goal kickers, like we're all going through frame by frame by frame. And we're, you know, say we got three kickers on our roster. We're all three just talking about what we're seeing. And it's not necessarily gold by what, it, you know, you know, Brian, you and I are talking and it's not like, you know, okay, Brian said this, so I have to change it. But it's just like groupthink, like, hey, we're just talking through this. Um, and if you can't be a team enough player to participate or have so much insecurity where you can't take constructive criticism, you're not going to make it here. Like that's just the bottom line. Um, so between my conversations with those kids, figuring that out, and then also getting them around my players when I'm not around um, are the two big tools you know, that I try to um, use to get that figured out. Perfect. Uh, Coach, you know, we, we talked about uh, just geographic. You know, you've been in recruiting and special teams and other positions. You've coached almost everybody as far as position player-wise. This is just more of a general question. Uh, with athletes like in Texas or California or Florida, you know, like if – if they are okay with traveling the country or, or wanting to go to the Midwest, like what's a tip or a piece of advice for, for athletes that, you know, to help a coach know that they would be okay with moving 12 hour drive away or whatever. Um, you know, what would be your advice to them as far as what to say to the coach to kind of get that out of the way? I think it's just a good old honest communication. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I'll point blank ask people, you know, because I, I recruit in Indiana, I recruit in Oklahoma, I recruit the Southern California JUCOs, and then I do all the specialists all over the world. Um, and, you know, once it gets to the point where I'm serious, I like them, I'll just ask, you know. Um, so for those guys that are wanting to get recruited and stuff and you're sending out your emails, you know, that's probably just something to, to throw into it. Um, or even guys that you guys train, it's, you know, you're asking them like, hey, what's – you know, if you had your druthers, are you going to stay in Alabama or are you open to go to the best fit? Um, and ultimately, I'm not, I'm not stupid. Like I get, I'm recruiting a kid out of Alabama and we're a preferred walk-on and South Alabama's preferred walk-on and the fit's equal, right? You know, it's like, okay, I'm got a senior kicker. I'm going to try to compete, but then it should be my job afterwards. Um, he's probably going to say and go to South Alabama. Like I, I get that part of it. 
Um, but just communicating the willingness to travel, uh, I think is huge. And, uh, just, uh, yeah, just the communication is big. So obviously we're going through these COVID times and it, it has made it challenging in the recruiting process. Um, as a coach trying to find specialists, what have you liked and maybe disliked with what you've seen on, on, on Twitter in terms of, you know, kids trying to showcase their stuff for you guys to all notice, like what would any tips on what they could do better or what you like seeing? Quickly? Uh, I think they've done a good job just having the, the training videos out there. You know, that's obviously the next best thing you can, you can get. Um, you know, I've been blowing up probably five times as, as more than normal as far as emails and DMs, uh, you know, which is uh, hard to get through all those. But uh, I think overall, you know, going forward, because it's not changing, you know, anytime soon, uh, hopefully in April. Uh, but for the specialists, just as much as you can up close and personal, you know, video, you know, for the punters, you know, behind stuff's awesome. You know, even if you could get some side shots, just showing, you know, lengths of steps and some ball drop things. Um, and then for kickers, you know, just the video nice and tight behind. Uh, that's more important to me than game film. And I can watch some game film and get a general idea as far as like in the moment and all that stuff. But uh, if I can't see you at a camp or anything, all that nice tight video is definitely the priority. Yeah, coach, you know, that's, a great topic of discussion too that you and Chris are discussing here. Would it behoove a player to, yeah, throughout the stuff of them hitting the thirties, forties, fifties and all that, but would it behoove a player to throw out a piece of content once a week or so that, that just shows like a, a hypotenuse angle or a side angle, just literally of their form because you guys in the special teams realms at, at the college levels have advanced and have gotten so much better at, understanding you, you know we're all talking and you're talking to the specialists and you know your stuff too you know is would that would behoove a player to put out a piece of content of just their form I think so because it's um, you know if you're doing this right it's not a result-oriented practice for what we do right like it's it's not we, we said all the time in our group uh, it's the frustrating thing about being a kicker or a punter you can do everything wrong and still hit a good ball you know like it can just everything can just time up and it, okay let's do that every time uh, not. Um, so everything we're doing is just getting a, you know, repeatable motion and it's all about the consistency, you know? So like for the power ball, right. You know, I that thing drives me crazy because you're going to hit a huge ball, but then you're also going to hit a lot of spinners off the side of your foot, right? Cause you're fading, right. You're slightly inside dropping and you're using your hip and you're, you're swinging for the fences. Um, where I just want somebody that can directional left and right and have good clean feet, not stack them over and let this pendulum do the work. Um, so, uh, yes, to your, to your point, for those field goal guys, you know, showing I'm not, a, you know, jumping into it with my hips going high and, you know, super big, you know, uh, pigeon-toed foot. Um, I, I think having good video from game film, you know, in the moment, having good camp stuff where you're showing, you know, six straight balls just so you can see the consistency. And then having just some nice, easy video just showing clean fundamentals, you know, even if it's one kick and you can kind of slow it down a little bit. Um, I, I think that would be best case scenario for 2021 recruiting with where we're at. Beautiful. Uh, any, any good tips on snappers or like, like what they, what you kind what you like to see them do if they're putting out content. I know typically we're always focused on snapper or uh, kickers and punters, but, you like the uncut film or, or, or film with them moving a little bit after snap? 
Yeah, no, I think doing, um, just doing something after the snap, you know, it drives me crazy. Just when uh, you, you see a kid that's snapping and he kind of stares between his legs and then stands up and then, okay, let's reset it. Um, you know, we protect a little bit, you know, we cover most of the time, but we do a little bit of everything with our guy. Um, but just seeing him do something, you know, cause it's just super unrealistic to be able to stare between your legs and admire <laughs> your snap for, for 10 seconds. Yeah. Uh, you're going to get yourself beat and get me fired doing that. Um, so uh, whether it's if they're great at protecting or they're great at snap and go, whatever it is, I mean, obviously they want to look good, but just just do something other than stare. Well, coach, what what would you like to see at you know you know you, you see all the kicking camps that you know that we do and and the others there's a bunch of them now, which is great resource for all the guys uh, for everyone. What is something that you know you wish you would like to see us do better or more of, or maybe edit? a way of, of the kicking camps that would, you know, ultimately help everyone out. Yeah. I think just stringing together some uncut stuff is would probably be the best deal. And if there's a way to organize it where it's just like, okay, Jay Nunez at, you know, the Ypsilanti camp, you know, you know, five field goals or whatever it is. But if there's just a way to kind of have it, because a lot of people, it's kind of like a highlight, you know what I'm saying? Like you just, you know, might've been a single day, and here's, you know, kind of a hodgepodge. Um, but I think if you could do some of the, the just the uncut together, just looped. Um, and then even kind of come in full circle on this deal, if that's hard. Okay, here's the Jay Nunez, you know, January 18th camp. And here's some highlights. But then like we talked about, even just putting some slow-mo technical stuff on there. Um, you know, just so they could see some fundamentals. Um, and then if I'm looking at a kid at you know, I could go through his last five camps and then to see kind of some progress being made uh, just fundamentally. Um, I think that would help too. Yeah, that's huge. What you just said there. There's so many kids that are like scared to post up as a freshman and sophomore, or they're scared to to use a T as a freshman and sophomore. We we understand, we all understand that that at some point they're gonna have to go to the ground. Um, but that that was huge what you just said there, Coach Jay. It's just like being able to just show progress over like a one year period or six month period. And so I just, I really appreciate you saying that too. So that way kids don't feel like, well, it doesn't look as good as that guy's ball. Who's a senior and I'm a sophomore, no doubt. you know, so maybe uh, spinning off on that, like with, with college camps and, you know, obviously you guys will, will know first from the NCAA and then it'll trickle down to everyone else um, with college camps. If, and when they do come back and eventually they will, we all know that, uh, when should guys go to college camps and feel like they should have to kick off the ground or, or be college ready, I guess, like, you know, should a freshman or sophomore be, be freaking out about kicking off the ground at a college camp or, or going for the experience kind of give all you have a lot of expertise there. I think, you know, you want to be able to do it by the time you're going into your senior year. You know, I don't, especially to be a scholarship kid. If you're not, there's, there's no chance. Um, but I think, you know, realistically, if you can kick off the ground, you know, that summer before your senior year, uh, you're going to have a chance to get recruited. You know, it's hard if you can't or you don't. And then, you know, you're equal to somebody else or even just slightly better, but the other guy's off the ground. Like, that's just another reason to have somebody – it's a strike against you. You know, like, like we talked about earlier, um, 
you know, like the preferred walk-on world now, you know, there's, you know, maybe 15 scholarship kickers a year, you know, or whatnot. So most schools, one AA and up, it's a preferred walk-on, and then you have a chance to come in and earn your scholarship. Uh, speaking for myself, I know there's a lot of people out there that, you know, will have 20 kickers on their roster, uh, which shame on them. It's, it's bad for the profession. Uh, but we're going to have two or three. You know, that's just that's how we do it. In a perfect world, I'd have three. You got a starter, you got a backup, and then you got a freshman or whatnot, and you've got somebody there in case somebody gets hurt. Um, but for me, when we offer a preferred walk-on, like it's it's like I look at it as a scholarship spot. Like I don't I don't get 20, I don't want 20, I want my two or three, I want to develop you. Um so you're really cutting hairs as this thing goes on, you know. I mean, basically every other year I'm gonna have somebody I'm gonna offer a spot to uh for a kicker or a punter. Um and I got to make sure I hit on that thing because if I, you know, miss twice, as far as do they love it, um, you know, just all the little things, then all of a sudden I'm sitting there and it's like, okay, we have nobody developed. Our senior just graduated and now we got to have a true freshman coming in play. And it's not happening at the FBS level. Um, so coming full circle here, you know, going into your senior year that summer, I think that's the most crucial time being in a spot where you're not giving yourself you know, a strike against you by not kicking off the ground. Thank you. Yeah. Everything else before that, go, go to camps, have fun, learn. Your freshman, sophomore year, you know, you come to Jay Nunez camp and you miss everything. It, it doesn't matter. Um, just got to look good that, got to look good that Thank summer. You. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. We tell kids like, you know, as a freshman and sophomore, it's, it's, it's a win-win to go to these college run kicking camps because you're so young. You could you have the chance to wow them and get on their short list right away, but if you just don't do well, I mean, you got two more years to get ready for it, you know, and wow them by their junior senior year. Yeah. Uh, so, I, all right, so question, coach. Um, you know, Brian and I often preach at these camps, you know, proper recruiting etiquette and, and do's and don'ts and things like that. Uh, a lot of questions that we receive are, you know, from freshmen and sophomores, and they're like, hey, you know, coaches responding to me, what do you think's going on? Am I not good enough? And and sometimes it's the you know the dead period. But I guess in, in, in the month of January right now, or, or possibly rolling into February, what what's kind of the, the protocol for talking with, say, freshmen and sophomores through Twitter DMs? Yep. Is that allowed or is, not, is it not allowed at this yeah. point? So we can't talk to anybody um, via email or DMs or any of that stuff until um, the start of their junior year. Um, I think it's what, September 1st or whatever. I always wait for the right. recruiting people to tell us. Yeah. Uh, so if somebody's out there as a freshman and getting DM'd, um, don't go to that school because they're cheaters. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we can't, you know, and it's hard because you go to the camps and all that stuff and kids can text and, um, you know, trust me, there's a lot of people I text through life that, that never answered. Um, so I get that frustration. Um, but until you're, you know, you're a junior, start school, uh, nobody can send you any messages. Um, so hang in there with all that stuff. Um, and then again, getting back to the camp stuff, if you're a freshman or a sophomore, you know, go to those camps and have fun. You know, you might wow somebody, you know, if it's a good run camp, you're going to get coached while you're there. Hopefully they have somebody who knows anything. Um, but it's not going to hurt you. They're not going to be like, Hey, Jay Nunez was here as a sophomore and you know, he was, you know, over 10, like who is this guy? Um, if you show up there as a junior and you do your thing, um, you'll, you'll, they'll, You'll wow them then. That's great feedback. Just tell the tell the young kids to just be patient. And that some of the things that we've told kids is just keep thin and film. Let them see your development. You know, if 
most likely they can't respond, but at least they're sort of kind of chronically in your development with time. And hopefully when it's time, then, then they'll be ready. Yeah, and go, to, go to those camps and kick in those stadiums and all that stuff. At least then you've done it a little bit. And by the time you're a junior, you're not, you know, you're not doing it for the first time or it kind of matters, quote unquote, and you're freaking out. You know, you at least have kind of gone through the steps and this is good preparation. Now, Coach, before Coach uh, Hughesby um, gives you our, our last question, I was going to ask you, you know, with the three or four schools you've been with, uh, all Division I, uh, mid-major, major, you know, even as analyst, coordinator, all these other position coaches, can you talk to us real quick about, on average, the DMs you would get a week or every couple of days just to, to kind of put things into perspective for, for all of us? Oh, shoot. Uh, or just at least as close as you can think of. Oh, no doubt. No. Uh, I mean, I get about, you know, probably 10 to 15 new followers a day, you know, the last year or so. And, you know, all those guys send a DM, and then you just get some random ones on top of that. So, I mean, I'm probably getting, you know, 20 or 30 just random DMs. Um, and then you have, you know, the Indiana, Oklahoma kids. I actually, you know, I'm recruiting as an area coach um, in the position. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm talking, you know, I don't answer all the random DMs all the time. Um, try to, uh, but you're probably getting messages of 50 people or so a day. Um, obviously some of those are recurring. Um, but you know, there's a lot going on there and then you get texts, you know, people you call and offer and, and all that stuff. And there's text messages going on too. Uh, so it's a, it's a lot to juggle. Um, my uh, iPhone watch has got me in trouble. You got this, they pop up there and if you swipe down, the little little dots go away. Uh, so you're doing something and you see a text and then you swipe down and then all of a sudden it's 10 o'clock and you remember randomly, hey, Chris sent me a message, holy crap. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, so you get around 250, 300 a week at least then. Oh no, and then you get all the emails that kind of flood in. So it's a, it's a lot to juggle. Um, and I get, you know, kids frustration for not hearing back and um, you know, I've gone with the approach just to try to be open and honest, you know, if it's something, um, I don't think it's working, you know, I'm going to tell you like, Hey, probably not, you know, could change. Um, and that's for all positions. Mm -hmm. uh, and sadly, there's not a lot of coaches that do that anymore. Cause I think a lot of people are worried about being wrong and things changing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've had success and, you know, appreciation from a kid saying, Hey, you're going to be our number three guy. It, you know, it's not a fun conversation, but I'm going to be honest about it. And then we took that guy with how things worked out. Um, and they've been players for us before. So, yep. Yep. That's great. Awesome. Very insightful. We've loved this so far. So now our flagship question, we asked this to every single interviewee. And actually, it's been real fun to hear the, the, the coach's perspective on our stadium question because uh, they throw a little insight in, in kind of like why it, it fits their mold you know, for historical reasons and, and passions and all that stuff. But as a, as a player and a coach, uh, what, are, what were your five favorite stadiums to, to play in and or coach in, in your, I guess, in your life, football life? So as a player, um, you know, I played at Pittsburgh State, and we played, uh, our rival was Northwest Missouri, um, the Bearcats. Um, you know, we're the all-time winning SD2 program uh, uh, forever. Yeah, and, you know, since the what, late 90s, early 2000s, they, they really got rolling and were the best team in the league. Um, but we put them at Arrowhead Stadium every year. Um, so you go there and, you know, I think one year we had around 30,000. 
Um, and I'll tell you what, man, I was playing center and I, I don't know how those guys play there on, on NFL Sundays with the, the full 55 or 60. Uh, Cause I couldn't hear a thing. Uh, yeah, that, that it's a lower bowl and it kind of goes in over the top and it just keeps all that noise uh, right on top of you. Um, that, that place was cool to, to play in um, as a player. Um, then as a coach, you know, my first FBS football game, uh, Minnesota, we went out to play USC uh, and lost, lost a really close game, 16 to 13 or something like that. Um, uh, but that, that was just neat. You know, it's blue skies. It's in California. You know, all the history. Um, you know, we're out there for warm-ups and we're jogging back in. And then, you know, I guess it's a tradition for them or used to be whatever. But, you know, we're going in and their whole team, like, runs up behind us. Um, and they're yelling and screaming at us. At us. Um, that was that was pretty cool. Um, you know, got to play at Ohio State, um, and uh, that place was that place was neat. Um, you know, we played them close that year too. wasn't as crazy as a crowd and all that stuff, but just the big flag there in the end zone. Um, you know, that that was fun. Uh, you know, being an old you know from Oklahoma, the old Big Twelve stuff. You know, um, always heard about Nebraska. That place is cool. You know, you, there's nothing in Lincoln. You know, it's a little farm town, basically. Um, and you come around the corner, and all of a sudden you see, I think it's Memorial Stadium, right? But that, that place is huge. Uh, and they have the nicest fans in the world. We, we beat them one year there. And uh, we're walking to the locker room, and they're, you know, saying, you guys are awesome, great job. You know, they're older crowd, uh, but just down-to-earth people. Uh, one year we played them, though, we got the tar kicked out of us. Uh, it was Tom Osborne's last home game. So we're sitting there and it's, you know, going nuts and, and all that stuff. Um, and all of a sudden they go to the, the tunnel, them coming out. And Tom Osborne's like leading the team out, right? And the whole place just goes like absolutely psycho. Um, and then, uh, you know, Howard played out. We end up kicking off, kick a touchback. Um, and they come out and they huddle up. And they come out like in a, a wishbone offense and run like a fullback dive for like three yards. And again, the whole place just goes like absolutely crazy. Um, that, that was, that was something I'll never forget. Did you ever play in Penn state? I know that's the only one I didn't get a play in. I didn't get a play in. Now, one of my coolest memories was my last year in Minnesota would have been 15, you know, the year I was a special teams coordinator there after coach stepped down. Um, but uh, we played a, a shootout there. Like it was 50-something to 50-something. We scored late and unfortunately didn't get an onside kick. Uh, but it was a night game. They had the, the black and the gold aisles going on. And I'll just never forget at halftime coming from the box and running across the field like you have to. Uh, and that place was just electric. I mean, that was – it was a crazy, crazy game, just, you know, shootout style. Um, but that was – that was cool. They, they built that stadium right. You know, it's right on top of it. It goes straight up. There's nothing fancy about it, but you got the student section right behind you, you know, throwing batteries at you, um, <laughs> which is good. Uh, you know, Michigan was fun just because all the tradition there. Uh, you know, we beat them there once for the little uh, brown jug, which Minnesota hadn't won in a long time. Uh, but just with the go blue coming out and you know, just all the history. Uh, now, conversely, their fans are not as nice uh, as the Nebraska fans, uh, especially after you beat them there. Uh, and then there was one more I wanted to throw at you guys, but I'm having a, uh, a brain fart here, but I'd say those were the, those are the top ones. And a lot of it's just the experience and the emotion of being there. Um, but those were all really, really, really fun.
Coach, was it Southern Illinois that you said you coached at as well? Yes, I was there for one season. What, um, any, any D1AA's that was, you know, fun to go to a couple of the schools there? I didn't get to play in the Fargo Dome or whatever North Dakota State it is. Um, I heard it's nuts. But we did play at Northern Iowa. And that place, they, they were down a little bit the year we played them. Um, but that place was pretty loud. I mean, you couldn't even talk to people on the headset. Um, and it wasn't sold out. Um, and they say North Dakota State's even worse. Uh, but the, 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 the Northern Iowa one was pretty, was pretty fun. Was, is Northern Iowa, is it indoor as well? Yeah. Yep, it's domed up. And they, I tell you, their, uh, their turf, our kicker there, Austin Johnson, that game, he ended up wearing a tennis shoe for his plant foot. I don't know if they changed it, but it was like this crummy turf where, you know, just going in, if you came in too much on your heel, like you were slipping and falling. Yeah. Uh, and we had position players out there wearing tennis shoes. Um, it was just kind of a weird, not super deep turf. I don't, I don't even know what it was. Uh, I think they just roll it out whenever they need it. So it's oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big steams in it and everything. It was, it was crazy. But uh, those boys can play ball now. They're, they're a great football team. Yeah. In 2006 at Toledo, uh, I slipped on ESPN2, and it was a mixture of, like, AstroTurf and field turf. And I had a plant, a regular flat indoor soccer shoe as my plant. And then that was in 2006. But, I mean, yeah. it's, just, it's just crazy how much the turf uh, has improved over the years, for sure. Oh, no doubt. We uh, – I'll never forget, we went to – my first year we went to Northwestern. Um, you know, we were just flabbergasted. We could stick the football in the, in the grass and it just stand straight up tall, you know, and that was our only grass game of the year. And it was, you know, <laughs> feel like I was in a, you know, pasture in Oklahoma again. Uh, it's crazy. Did you, ever, did you ever play uh, in Pittsburgh stadium? No, we did not. We played them in a bowl game up here, but we never played, um, never played over there. Heinz field or whatever. Um, yeah. I played there as a true freshman and it just looked so far away, like a th 45 or 50 yard field goal just looked, a mile away with the way the seating is yeah, we, when you said Pittsburgh's sake. We played at San Diego State. Um, nice. Would have been 2018 in the old uh, was it the Chargers field, and it was it was very similar. Like it was everything was just so far away. Um, I think we had actually had a fate called and uh, had to check out of it and try to hit a 51 yard field goal as a freshman, nice. uh, freshman. But uh, you know that that stadium was weird. Yeah. yeah. Coach, I got a brag for Brian once. Uh, you, you might have to look this up too, but Brian won the very first Special Teams Player of the Year award for the MAC Conference when it was created. Nice. Congrats on that. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. That's, that's a big honor there. And, and typical Mid-American Conference with the media, uh, I get, I get MAC Special Teams Player of the Year, and Coach Hoke was hilarious. He's at San Diego State right now. Um, he was like, yo, yo, Jack. He called me Jack. I don't know why, but he's Jackson. But he's like, Oh, Jack, he got special teams player of the year for the Mac, the first one ever. Let's clap it up. And everyone clapped. And he was like, but apparently uh, he wasn't good enough to get first team all Mac. He got second team all Mac. So that's why I hate the media. You know, it was just like, you know, it, it went right back to like, who cares about me getting the, the award? He was, then he went like a whole tangent about how much he hated the media. And it was just hilarious. From a coach's point of view, though, there, there's some frustration there. Like, hey, the guy won the actual award, but somehow was only second team all-conference kicker. Yeah. Tragic At kicker. that point, I was a senior, and I just was not surprised. You know, my sophomore year, I got all upset and all, but then, like, my senior year, I was like, you know, I'm not even I'm not even upset about it. You know, just, it's expected. But um, 
But Coach Nunez, this was awesome uh, speaking with you, and thank you for taking you know 30, 45 minutes of your time to to talk with us. I mean, you gave a lot of phenomenal tips to us and to these kids and parents. Just really appreciate you. No, I greatly appreciate you guys having on uh, having me on, and um, you know, if anybody listen, you know, uh, parents, kids, you know, want to reach out and find me on Twitter. You know, I don't have all the answers by any means, but uh, you know, recruiting's just crazy. Um, let alone specialist recruiting let alone COVID specialist recruiting. Um, so, and it might not even be anything about Eastern Michigan, but it's just like, hey coach, what about this, that, and the other? Um, you know, I'll do everything I can to help out. And, you know, I, I always tell everybody, uh, don't get caught up in all the hoopla, you know, you know, it's not all about, you know, helmet stickers and the highest level. You know, at the end of the day, you got to find a fit that is good for you, whatever that is. Everybody has different wants out of a college experience. Um, and at the end of the day, it's, it's about, like I said, you and what, what you want. You can't get so worried about what a coach thinks and is doing and all that stuff and try to dictate things for you. Um, you know, there's, you know, decisions to be made by everybody, but ultimately you got to go to a place where you're going to be happy for four or five years. Um, and if you, you fall into the trap of levels and, you know, getting sweet talked by a coach and all that stuff and you're not happy, uh, you know, that's, you know, a travesty. Um, and I'm not taking, talking, not going and competing and, hey, I didn't give it, get something given to me. You know, that's what the whole world wants to do now. We run away. Um, but I'm talking, you're just, you, you, don't, you don't like the school. You don't like the situation. You don't like the people. Um, you know, that, that's when the process went wrong. Yeah, 100%. Well, thanks, Coach. Uh, like, like before, it's, it's been an honor to, to stay in touch with you and be a part of your journey. And, you know, uh, kind of you helped me as well as a coach. Uh, helping me kind of get going a little bit more too with, with getting involved with the gopher camp way back in the day and that 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 changed quite a bit so i appreciate you know everything and your honesty and I, i'll vouch for any specialists i want to reach out to you you know jay's jay's the real deal he knows his stuff and if you know vouching for eastern michigan you're going to get a coach that really knows how to handle specialists and has a history of doing so so uh thanks again jay for being on with us and um look forward to See how you guys do in the future. Thanks, Coach. No doubt. All right. All right. Take care. You guys have a good night. Yeah, good night.